The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. It's just like Omega, apparently I jinxed it. <laughs> One Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. I am your host, Radicat. You can find me at Radicat on Twitter. You can find me at News Need on Twitter. You can find me at CBCaps on Instagram. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. Probably wouldn't be able to find me on TikTok because the government's trying to ban it. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, and the sound effects you've heard come from none other than our man in Brooklyn. One, agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? Co-hosting from the Borough of Kings. Yes, I am joining you tonight instead of celebrating <laughs> Dave uh, Trugoy the Dove, a.k.a. Plug 2. Over at Webster Hall in uh, the village, in New York City. So shout out to all the DJs out there and to uh, Pastanuos and DJ Mace who were over there uh, paying their respects and celebrating the impending release of the early catalog of De La Soul on streaming. So we are here with you tonight. And if you thought I was stalling so I could figure out what sound drop I wanted to play, you're what? damn right I was. <laughs> you're damn right I was. Brooklyn! Straight up Brooklyn in the house. Representing. There we go. Indeed. Um, um and uh after all of that uh you can find this here podcast on the coastal podcast network that's cspn.us do it today uh you can also find us on your podcast for place of choice whether it be google play apple itunes aka apple podcasts spotify or the coastal podcast network soundcloud page and if you are not joining us live and, and are uh, checking out the De La Soul live stream, I totally understand because I'd be there also. Same. <laughs> uh, or at least for those of us who can't make it to New York. Right, I'd be there uh, live, you know? Exactly. Um, but with that, hey, glad to have you with us. Um, actually, speaking of celebrations, though, before we get into the show, it is... The show, uh, Comic Book Chronicles' eleventh anniversary. Wow! As of February twenty eighth, this past um, this, this past February twenty eighth, uh, we have turned another year in this here show. Um, 
That's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Five hundred and seven. Well, as of this recording, five hundred and seven, uh, or at least at the time, five hundred and six episodes, give or take a few, because of um, you know, uh, treasure editions here and there. Um, but yeah, we're 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 doing this loud and proud, and continuing to be there. We appreciate anybody who's been uh, popping in and out for any length of time. Sure, can't stop, won't stop. Exactly. Not even the pandemic put a stop to it. So you know what? Swing on. Oh, that reminds me of a video I needed to send you if you hadn't seen it. Uh, but we're this on on that note. But uh, <laughs> uh, I have to remember to do it after the show. I'm, I'm glad you reminded me of that. Uh, uh, and with that, folks, we're gonna get dive on into the show with um, spoiler free slash light impressions of. Uh, the Mandalorian season three, episode one, one, one. Hoo ha! Yes, the title of the episode is "The Apostate," and if you are not of the religious sort, you may not know offhand what the word apostate means. But it is worth looking up because it will clue you in as to what at least the early part of Dinjarin or Dinjarin's. I, I want to say Dinjarin just because it feels like a, it, it rhymes better. That's fair. But uh, they pronounce it as Dinjarin. Correct. Right? Mm-hmm. And ultimately, we have an idea from this episode title what his early uh, adventures this season will be about. Yeah, he has his next, what his they're, next what they're about. He has you know? his next quest marker. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. But let me tell you, uh, uh, it's very spoiler light, spoiler free, mostly. I feel that uh, Favreau, John Favreau, the uh, the Hollywood one, not the former uh, Obama staffer. Oh dear. Uh, what's that? I said, oh dear. <laughs> well, you know, they, they they are. They do have the same names. I didn't know uh, that. So, <laughs> yes, of uh, crooked media fame. Huh. Um. The uh, the the you know John Favreau and, and, and the writers' room were throwing us both severe curveballs, and this is some sports ball references here: knuckleballs in the dirt, curveballs, mm-hmm. and totally you know throw trying to throw us off whatever track we might have been think, we we might have thought they were going down. Mm-hmm. They did their very best to throw in everything, and there's a little bit of everything in this first episode. This is true. This is true. We got callbacks to um, we got callbacks to uh, Star Wars Rebels, um, which I did yes. the, the Leonardo da Vinci. I mean, excuse me, the Leonardo DiCaprio uh, pointing thing. I almost did that to the TV, even though I was sitting there alone. <laughs> yes, I, I I did, and at the end of the day, I was like, I think I remember what they're called, and then I was like, Oh, Free Willy. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I'm ashamed that I actually did remember what, I, what they're called. I was like, God, it was that much a of a nerd. It took me a second. Right. I, I I remembered after a little while. Right. Because I was like, holy shit, they brought them them back in there. And I was also looking for something else because if we if you remember the end of Rebels, they came uh, uh, um, in as a part of the end of Rebels, which is going exactly. into something else that is going to uh, come up at some point. So I was like, More wait. More likely than not. Yeah, so I was like, "Wait, is that is that is it, no?" Okay, so but yeah, we start off we start off on a, on a big note. Um, there's even a uh, um, um, 
<laughs> an alligator attack. There's a there's a ceremony. An Alice, give me a, a turtle gator. I don't know what the hell that right. thing was. Right, <laughs> it was a turtle gator. It was absolutely a monster movie. I started right. laughing. I was like, seriously, right? This is it was hysterical. Just out of nowhere. That's pretty much right. the most spoiler we'll, we'll tell you. We'll, we'll, we'll well, in this well, I was about to say this is spoiling it without spoiling it. They make you think it's a flashback, and then they tell you it's not. Right. Well, no, I didn't know. It was a, I mean, I, I knew it wasn't because I was like, because the. the, the there was things around that that situation that was like, okay, this, there's no way they could be in the past. Although at first I did think that too because you was thinking, I was like, maybe they are flashing back to. That's the that's the curveball. That's right. one of the curveballs I was referring to when I was talking about the various pitches that they were throwing at all of the viewers to throw us off the scent. Right, but then so, you see, but then you see a, a, a certain thing of like, right, okay, it's they can't clear. Be. Right, it's clear right. what time we're in. Once right. uh, a certain thing happens during that sequence, but needless to say, uh, it was a it was a pretty good jump off episode for the se- for for season yes. three. We end up catching up with all of the characters from the last season of uh, uh, what call it, The Mandalorian. And if you were one of those people that are only Mandalorian watchers, and you do not engage with the Book of Boba Fett, Boba Fett and did not engage with it, guess what? They caught you up on it. You didn't necessarily need to watch Book of Boba Fett. They did catch you up on it, but it did help place yeah. things into better context. And um, like we said last week, they knew people didn't watch that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, you know, we we got we got the return of Apollo Creed just as his son is about to return in the movies. Or, in, or, or to put it another way, Dylan. You son of a bitch. It was one of those. Well, I was about to say, I should have found a Chubbs line from, um, whatchamacallit, from from Happy Gilmore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. I forgot he was in that, too. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Mando kind of catches up with some folks. And, and uh, I guess there's only one person I'm surprised didn't show up there, but I'm sure we got some time with that. We even got um, um, some, oh, yeah, like I was saying, so, so we got some references to, to Rebels. We got some, um, I guess we got some like Clone Wars references here, but that's more for, for Bad Batch. We also got a, a Rise of Skywalker, a couple of Rise of Skywalker things, including uh, Agent 70's favorite, favorite uh, person. Oh. <laughs> the, more little people but the littlest people yeah oh, and i love that scene that scene was so, so good much great <laughs> can't fix can't fix <laughs> he said it can't okay <laughs> i got it <laughs> right i'm like wait a second they got apollo creed doing this comedy stuff oh my goodness <laughs> It was it was a, it was a it was a good bit it was a good bit i was like i didn't know if they were going to continue to do that but apparently it didn't because it looked like they were going to stop for a second, and it was like, no, they they kept it up, okay. <laughs> and I know if I you if you could see uh, uh, Mando underneath the hammer, he was like, really? <laughs> you, you can't even see his face, but you could just tell. But when y'all right. see that part, if you haven't watched it yet, you'll you'll know what we're talking about. So we're not spoiling too too much. Right, 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 right. Um, but that being said, like I said, um, it was a great episode. We won't, we won't belabor it talking about it too much more but if you haven't uh checked it out and you are interested in the mando season three definitely check it out because it's uh the first episode out there 
Uh, that being said, we also get some space stuff, which is what we were referring to earlier. Yes, yes, we definitely get some some space combat. So, so this is a Star Wars as Star Wars uh, show. <laughs> right. They were right, like, right. you know what? They took the feedback and they just which it's not like the show was ever lacking. It, I mean, you know, it came, it was spaced out. So no, no pun intended. But um, uh, but you know, but we get it every here and every now and then. Um. Oh, we even found out what happened to a uh, a dismissed character. Which, yeah, which was honestly too good for him, but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> the way they handled that. Mm-hmm. And oh, I forgot we even got a reference back to um, Return of the Jedi. <laughs> what was that during that part where they were fighting the thing and the 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 um, the 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 med, the, the Mandalorian got smacked up against the wall. <laughs> Oh, I didn't even think of that. I mm-hmm. did not even think of that. That's funny. You know, that tends to happen to 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 one of them every now and then. So, but anyway, like I said, great show. We won't look at. Uh, I get, I will. I will talk about it for the next uh, thirty minutes if, if you let me. So we will not do that. Uh, we're gonna push on to Bad Batch season two, episode um, eleven, which was called uh, Metamorphosis. Yes, and. Um you know, if there's one thing that Omega does that is kind of typical for a, like an A-team episode, she's the one that jinxes everything, right? Yeah. Second she says something, you know everything's going south from that point on. Not only that, but she says she makes a reference to um, salvaging cargo, and like, do you not remember the early, the the episode earlier in this very same season? <laughs> where you almost where you almost bought it like, right you, you know because they were because they had to get the whatchamacallit the, well no they were trying to escape on those ships so it was a little different. well no but they were but she was trying to get something off of that and it was like right right you know, right right and it was like and, and it was uh indiana jones in the last exactly. crusade exactly yeah i remember so i was like do you not remember what y'all went through not that far long ago now granted i'm sure there's some time has been changed but still I'm like girl well get it together but you're right so they end up um and again in this uh particular episode we get some some clone wars references uh yeah a a couple and some uh let's just say toho productions from the 1950s 60s 70s 80s until today sure you can say that yes that that can that's the thing we also got a video game a star wars video game reference uh, also technically in, in that so and when i saw them once again it was like oh snap it's them it's them although even though they have showed up before so that it was you know but it was just a lot of them showing up just this, this time so okay shout out to republic commando if you um if you ever played that game so but yeah it, it was some it was uh also some good stuff um the 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 Clone Wars reference that they brought back was one I wasn't expecting, but it's also one that is tying once again, as Agent Sony said, into Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> right, and that's un. Uh, you know what? We all know that's kind of what they're leading towards. They had to do it's, it. I know to tie up the loose ends to mm-hmm. wrap up some of the plot holes. I get it because but, somehow Palpatine returns. Yeah. Oh. 
but like I, I guess what you were about to say, it doesn't make it right. But right. you know what? It's still what I was going to say. It's still disheartening. That's all I have to say. It's, yeah. It reminds it reminds us all of a very bitter taste that remains in our mouths. Agreed. I, I, I totally agree with you because I was like, okay, because I was like, I just had to resign myself to it. I was like, yeah, they had to do it. Like we knew it was, and we saw it coming. Like this, the, with the season building up to it, so it wasn't like it was like, um, you know, uh, unfounded or anything. Oh. All right, so Bad Batch uh, season six. I don't know where we were, where the thing um, cut off at. So, uh, damn you, Chrome OBS, whatever going on here. So let's keep right. pushing. Uh, you were saying something uh, before we move no, on? No, no, no. At the end of the day, you know, Bad Batch uh, has some of those, you know, 18 type cliches. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you know, they're doing a little bit of what we want out of Star Wars, which is, you know, give us a little bit of what we want. You know, you know, these characters, you know, growing and evolving in relatively familiar locales. And Filoni is very good at weaving in all sorts of things from the greater mythos and lore of Star Wars into these animated shows. It's that weaving in part that, and, and I don't know if this got cut off or not, but it's that weaving in of the uh, the sequels of the Rise of Skywalker. That part. <sighs> You know what? Some of us would rather it not be, but we understand. Yeah, why. yeah, it's 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 a thing. Like, yeah, we knew they were going to do it. It doesn't make it any better, like we said. Exactly, exactly. Uh, that being said, we can push on to um, what was the last thing? Oh, Star Trek um, Picard season three, episode three. Uh, Agent Seventy has now caught up with the madness. It's not madness. Yes, I actually madness. caught it today. Shout out to working from home. Yes, and uh, as of th- as of this recording, it, which is Thursday, is the day that it comes out. So again, we will not be spoiling. Um, right. But the one thing I can say that's not the worst spoiler: the band continues to get back together. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, there was some a, a couple of very hard. Um, well, there was at least one kind of hard uh, conversation that was had, but needed to be had. There was um. They're still going along with the Star Trek two slash Star Trek six um, uh, playbook, but not all the way. Um, and uh, yeah, it uh, ended off on a note. <laughs> As some true, would say, a true, cliffhanger uh, of true, sorts. True, true, true. Um, and, and some, I don't want to say hard feelings, but you know, there was some, you know, there was some, yeah. Some some things going on in those last few scenes. <laughs> no, that's last scene or two. That was kind of um Moby Dickish. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. And you know what? You could see Fracas's uh directing. Yes, he that. did, yes. hmm You know, you could absolutely sense that he you know, it's kinda like an old Star Trek hand was mm-hmm. directing this episode. Oh yeah, yeah. He's 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 uh, had his hands in it for a good minute, so it, it was it was a well done well done episode uh for certain a lot of action a lot of uh some some jokes from some unexpected places <laughs> yes yeah. yeah and the return of a species you thought was gone but it, nope they just keep coming back yeah well they weren't gone they were just off in their their own little corner of the universe back as a threat is, is definitely the case 
So, because they weren't completely gone. Right. But, um, yeah, I was like, huh, didn't, that was one thing I didn't see. Now, there's only one other piece of the puzzle that hasn't been filled in yet, and I guess we're going to get that when the A and B plots kind of converge, or by the time the A and B plots converge, uh, because clearly there's, there's some more going on as to why all of this is happening, um, and you, some of it's probably already been put out there, but I won't say much about it, um. But yeah, it was a good episode. I I, um, I, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it a good bit. And apparently so does Agent 70. <laughs> uh, that being said, though, we can push on to the books of the week because I don't think we have anything else as of yet to... Um, to... Um, you know, talk about un- until a couple of weeks from now, anyway. Righto! Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. And we're going to start off with, um, if hopefully this continues to be be nice to me, and I really hope it does because I don't need this tonight. Spider-Man number six. Spider-Man number six is written by Dan Slott, with pencils by Mark Bagley, inks by John Dell, colors by Edgar Delgado, and letters... By our favorite lettering Python, teamed up with another member of Virtual Calligraphy, VCs Joe Caramagna and Travis Lanham. Indeed. Indeed. So we actually pick up in this issue virtually right where we left off in the last issue because it was kind of a cliffhanger where we're not 100% sure what is going to happen in this uh End of the Spider-Verse, that's the quote-unquote subtitle, uh, sub, subtext or subtitle of this, uh, of this series. And, you know, we, we pick up with uh, Shathra and the non-Spider-Man Peter Parker. That's a mild spoiler. One of them, right. yes. Right, but it's a Spider-Verse story, so, you know, how hard is it to spoil if we're just talking about, like variants right but let me tell you something and roddy cat agreed with me when we talked about this just in our pre-production meeting just before the show basically there were very much crisis on infinite spider-verse vibes in this issue very much so they were very clear and there may be that may very well be the goal of what Slot is doing is to put all of these spiders into a you know a, a, a smaller playground. We'll put it that way. Right. Kind of kind of uh, consolidate uh, the brand, some would say. Right. <laughs> but yes, and apparently Shathra has been talking to Kang um, because they have. They seemingly have same similar ideas in, in this case on yep. what to, or I should say, MCU Kang, I guess in this case. But um, uh, they have similar ideas of what should be the course going forward. And uh, this ep- this issue is uh, doing the the lifting and trying to get that way, including an ending that is familiar to an, another event from back in 15, 2015. That we uh we both had a chuckle about. There was actually even a, a multiverse of madness uh reference actually. Now that I think about it, in the sh- in the thing that I had to call out, 
It was like, okay, oh, slide. Yep, there was. They kind of flipped the words, but he was like, okay, I see what you, you I see what you did there, slide. Okay. <laughs> so, but um, but yeah, it just it was a um, as I say in my notes, the real chosen one shows up uh during the course of this story and um leading up to the 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 secret wars ending and uh it's, it was a great uh it's a definitely a particular click of the week uh for myself. oh it's definitely i was about to say it's definitely a click it's definitely a, a prime candidate for click of the week for myself nice nice uh that being said we can push on to the other book we have in common before we have before we uh hit what little um <laughs> what little the few books that we have this week yeah this yeah. is obviously you know this is one of those weird weeks where we have you know just a few books in between the two of us it's not you know and I, you know we didn't push this show because uh you know i i have my own reasons for not wanting to push the show and you know we just want to try to stay on schedule for the good people out there who keep up with us yeah so uh ultimately uh how did this note get in here did you put your notes in 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 uh uh, which one? In the Rogan Gambit? Oh, I probably did. Yep. Yeah, oh, okay. that's what that. That's all right. okay. I just leave it. I'm like, I'm looking at that. I'm like, I didn't type that. No, uh, I did. Rogan Gambit number one uh, is written by Stephanie Phillips with art by Carlos Gomez, who does a good job. Colors are by David Curiel with Federico Blee, and letters are by VCs Ariana Mar. So yes. Uh, some hijinks ensue after Rogue leaves the Prime X-Men team, hero team. And for whatever reason, they fold, forgive the pun, they fold Manifold into this story. <laughs> yes, they, they definitely bring him into the fold. And I'm like, wait, 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 where's Mindy? Where's Mindy? I need Mindy. I get it, but when did he become like a teleporting detective? Is that something I missed? Is that something that was in X-Men Red? Uh, I mean, there was some of that in... Yeah, there, I, there, there was... You're there was, reaching, was you're reaching, because no, no, I was no, like, no, no, that was because, because, well, so they, they kind of touched on it, and I say that because the whole thing before that last part with uh, Bran popped off, Mm-hmm. That's what. That's the kind of stuff they were kind of doing. Like he wasn't full on uh, X Factor, but they were kind of doing some stuff on a, on the spatial front. Now, as far as this, what he was doing in this book, that part, yeah, is definitely a little bit of a uh, outside of what he was doing. It was like but, a new twist on whatever his story is. So right, that's what that that took me a little bit. You know that 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 led my. You know, that, that led me to jump, you know, my, my suspension of disbelief, you know, started right there. I was just like, wait a second. When did this happen? You know? I forgot to change the cover. So let me do that real quick. Yep. Uh, true, true, true. But uh, it, was, it was fun. We got a little, you know, flash forward uh, going into the flashback of uh, the, the goings on of Rogue and Gambit. Again, one of uh, Agent Seven's favorites shows up in this uh, which uh, what led, worst. It's the worst. Which what led them to seek out to, uh, Manifold in the first place and then end up having to go on a, a quote-unquote side quest with him <laughs> that led to uh, the, the, the flashing... Yo, this character is the worst. 
I don't have the issue with with this character as as uh, H seventy does, or at least not anymore, because they've done they've kind of done things to make this character better. If you're watching the the video version of the uh, program, you see uh, you'll see who we're talking about on the, right. The cover. cover lets you you know let, lets <clears throat> lets you in on the secret that we are trying not to spoil. <clears throat> yeah, but um, that that being said, you know, and this person has ties to at least one of them, so that's just, there is another thing, but. Um, but yeah, like I said, it, it was a pretty good first issue. I, I think is this um an ongoing or or is this uh, a limited series? That part I didn't see. I didn't see that either. Okay, yeah, because I was wondering. I'm like, gonna check comic list right now, and I don't think it says here. It does yeah, not it say. Yeah, because normally uh, when I usually get the covers, a lot of times it'll say like one of five or something, but or one of what? But um, I did not see that here. That doesn't necessarily mean it's not the case, but mm-hmm. you know, just didn't show itself on that. But hey, we'll 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 continue to take the ride as long as it'll go, I guess, or it, it continues to be interesting. And with that, we are going to skip right along into rapid fire. Spinning it up, folks. I ain't got time to breathe. All right. So first up, uh, believe it or not, is a number one issue. Published by Image Comics. Titled Phantom Road Number One. Issue number one. It's written by Jeff Lemire. With art by Gabriel Hernandez Walta, colors by Jordi Belair, and letters by Steve Wands. So there is a haunted road. That's not a spoiler. That's the title of the book. But the characters that we run into are really everyday people who are thrust into very extraordinary circumstances. And there is a horror slash terror element here. That is most definitely up Lemire's alley. So if you're interested in anything that Lemire does that's not superhero related, that is uh, that does have the supernatural bent to it, pick this up. I really like the I really like the presentation of the book. Gabriel Hernandez Walta's art, you know, if, if you uh, 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 read the Vision uh, Maxi series. I'm a fan of his art from that. And yep. so that made me pick this up and read it. So Phantom Road, number one from Image, out this week. Give it a shot. Next up, Captain America, Sentinel of Liberty, number 10, is written by Jackson Lansing with art, and Colin Kelly, that is, with art by Carmen Carnero, colors by Nolan Woodard, and letters by our favorite lettering Paisan, VC's Joe Caramagna. I have not been the biggest fan of uh, Lansing and Kelly's run on Captain America Sentinel of Liberty thus far. This issue does not help. It's okay. It definitely pushes this invader story along. But ultimately, I find myself not caring about what's happening. And that's a bad thing when it comes to a Captain America book that should be about Cap being... You know, something of an action hero, but still a thinking man's action hero, right? So I don't get that from this book right now, and it's pretty disappointing. Next up is Spider-Gwen Shadow Clones number one. It's written by Emily Kim with art by Kay Zama, 
colors by Triona Farrell, and letters by VCs Ariana Marr. Yes, it's another Spider-Gwen miniseries, and also another Spider-Gwen clone series. But it's still fun. It's lighthearted. You get to see a little bit more of Gwen and her day-to-day. Yes, it's hard to figure out how all these are supposed to blend together because it's not part of an ongoing series. But it's still fun to see her and her supporting cast, you know, in very fleeting moments, get together and interact with each other. And that's the most, you know, that's the fun I got out of it. And that's it for me. Okay. I was about to show the Greg Land cover, but... Uh... No! I saved all of yous. I saved all of you. I mean, I can still do it, but I'm not. No, uh, don't do it. Don't do it. Save um, the people. <laughs> uh, for myself, Magic the Gathering number 24, uh, written by Jed McKay, uh, Rich Duet, excuse me, and Jed McKay. Uh, I got Head McKay. That's funny. Uh, typos. Uh, illustrated by Roberta Ingranada and Giorgio Splaletta. Uh, colors by Francesco Sagala and Gloria Montanelli, and letters by Ed Dukeshire. So, uh, Aminato pays a villain to uh, one part of the crew that is looking for some folks, that's Nico Kaya and them, and gives them a mission to basically go find the other crew and stop somebody from, or, or, or stop them from t- getting taken over by Margaret L- Lodge. Uh, and then they all end up going to Dominaria, where uh, a newly resurrected Nico Bellos, Bella uh, uh, Bolas and Nahiri are plotting something. And of course, Nico being Nico, um, yeah, kind of flips the script um, from what um, from what the deal was. He changed the deal. Prey doesn't alter it anymore, basically. And that's uh, pretty much what what Nico Bolas does. Uh, let's see. Last book for me is I Am Iron Man, number one. Um, it is, uh, written by Marewa Ayodele. I apologize if I, um, uh, mess up your name there. Uh, art by Doton Akande. Letters by BC's Jokar Romagna. So this is, um... The Tony Stark celebrating his uh, Iron Man 60th anniversary book uh, with this. Matter of fact, I believe, I don't know, somebody mentions in the book saying, like, I believe it's his birthday today, which, you know, is a nod to that. Uh, and this is the book that was, um, that, that we talked about probably a month or two back That's uh, that was coming out this year. Uh, actually, yeah, I think we uh, talked about it at the end of last year. And that's going uh, to pretty much go into the past and present and uh, from the way this book sounds, the future. Cause there is definitely some time travel involved in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in this issue, we go back to uh, the time of the Mach one um, and then uh, back to the present. And there is also someone there, almost an anime like being there kind of, that is a, a uh, being the antagonist in this, but there's reasons for that, and there's reasons for the time travel, apparently. So, uh, we will uh, find out what uh, what that is about uh, during the course of this book. Uh, also, there was a Jim uh, and the Holograms reference, which I was not expecting from this book, but... Um, that 
that that got me. So I read this book. I just did not list it in okay. my list of books this week. Uh-huh. And I saw that. I was like, isn't that the name of Yes It mm-hmm. Is? Yep. I was like, huh. It's I was truly outrageous, folks. It is. Which, and I get, you know, if you know within reference as to why that came up, it makes sense. But right. it would also make sense if you were old enough to know about Jim and Holograms also. Yes. You have to it's, be of a certain vintage for that. It's contagious. Yes. Indeed. Outrageous. Yep. Jim is her name. No one else is the same. <laughs> I do know this of that song. Yes. Uh, but that being said, um, I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see where this is going. So uh, I'm it's still terrible because I used to I used to not watch it but hear the song because my sister watched it. I did watch it because I watched a lot of shit. I probably shouldn't have watched. I'm just, I'm just like, <laughs> like I'm up on Sunday. I'm up on Sunday mornings. It's on whatever. Let's let's get. I hear it and I was like, wait a second, that name sounds so familiar. When mm-hmm. I read it in this book, I was like, no. Mm-hmm. And the the and the past imprint just was just there on you. <laughs> <laughs> so you couldn't, anyway. you really couldn't escape it back in the day. Also, so it was like whether you watched the show or not, you you you, right. you it's, it was hard to escape. Right. right so right. anything else? Anything? But else? that being said, like I said, well, like I was still like saying, like um, I'm we'll see where this book is going. I, I'm along for the ride so far. Uh, and that is and it. The thing is that it's just like a uh, it's kind of like an anthology Basically. where they're kind of like time tri- they're tripping through like various periods of time right that's the whole conceit right that that was uh, for this book and it's like yeah so whether it comes up in the thing or whether, whether this is just like i don't know six years anniversary showcase type situation which it pretty much is let's face it because the other book's already doing its own thing I, right. you know i'm i'm here for it so cool um and that folks is it, it for our books um clicks of the week clicks of the week let me not let me not do that because I need to make sure this stays up just in case we have any other issues. But we do have a click from one of our um absent uh, co-hosts, which is Dirt, and his pick was Junkyard Joe number five. Uh, he didn't give any any uh notes on it other than that, but that's his thing. And I know I'm, I think this is probably the second time he's had a that the pick of that book, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, that's that. And I think Agent Seventy is pretty much um, cemented his already. Yes, and my click of the week this week is Spider Man number six. I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun, and you can tell. I definitely get energized when you can when you can see the finish line approaching in some of these miniseries. Mm-hmm. And this is the penultimate issue, and you can see Slot throwing everything against the wall, seeing what sticks, and that kind of tribute to uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths was kind of fun to see. Yeah, he's having fun with it, uh, taking taking these uh, characters out, and and we appreciate it because you you know if you can't have fun doing a, doing doing your uh, doing your, your stuff, then what can you do? Right. So. Um, for myself, um, I might actually second that, um, because that I remember because is 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 an interesting and Rogan Gambit was uh had his own, but I need to go back and reread that so I can't, you know, I kind of 
blew through that one. So yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and, and also say Spider-Man number six. I really surprisingly didn't read much this week, um, but time I had time constraint issues. Not excuse, just a thing. But hey, Spider-Man number six was worthy, uh, and therefore here it is. And with that, we get to uh, one. Uh, excuse me. First ad read before we get into the news. Our first ad read is for Wink, the personalized wine club. Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door. From rosé to cabernet to torronte, Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Ever try an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your tastes and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member, and you can skip or cancel any time. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash Wink. That's cspn.us forward slash w-i-n-c wink wines through cspn do it today now we get into the news and we start off with the cinematic news as we do about this time shout out to uh, benji games 2 who uh who, uh, who uh, gave us a shout out early, um a few minutes ago that i just saw so what's, what's up? up? Hope you're doing good tonight. Uh, first up, though, in cinematic news, Essex County trailer. Speaking of uh, Jeff Lemire, uh, reveals Jeff Lemire's comic come to life. So apparently, um, Essex County is a slice of life collection of short stories uh, from 2008, which uh, it says here served as Jeff Lemire's first earnest foray into the world of comics. Uh, it says here that the, the, the first trailer for this series, which will be, re- uh, re- oh, will be released within the next month on Canada's gym streaming service, a platform owned and operated by the CBC. So it's not here in the States, but maybe it'll, um, uh, here it says it was filmed last fall in Ontario and the series follows Lester, um, and Jimmy, uh, and some second family members and some prominent roles and there's a trailer attached to this uh, apparently it's a five episode miniseries with a bunch of people in it uh, you know and uh, you can check it out for yourself if you're in Canada or you know those magic three letters I assume if, it, if it's uh, good enough to, to get around next up so, Gotham Knights showrunner reveals that Batman fans can expect to see plenty of Easter eggs and foundational characters in the upcoming DC show if you dare to watch it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, I guess. Um, Katie O'Brien compares Ant-Man 3 experience to The Mandalorian and Black Lightning, because as we said last week, uh, she was in both. I wonder if she's going to return to The Mandalorian uh, now that the new season's come out. So, uh, basically, she says um, it, it definitely helps to be able to work with the blue screen and able to be able to pretend things that aren't there or that there, there, there aren't. I think one of the things that's more difficult uh, that we have, and I think I'm going to take the next one because I think it's um, uh, 
it is related to this now that I think about it because it might have been the same uh, same article that so basically comicbook.com was was talking to uh, Katie O'Brien about her experiences and that was one of them and the next one is that she praises um, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania's uh, practical quantum realm selves because apparently you know we thought or we was under the impression that there were a lot of, uh, it was more CG than not, which it's still a lot of CG, but apparently there were a good bit of, uh, practical sets being used on it. And the quote here is that, uh, I think it was less about this blue screen and more about the fact that they really did their base to build the world there. So it wasn't all fake. Uh, it's real dirt. They had little quantum flowers around. They had baskets full of, I don't know, quantum mushrooms, according to this quote from her. And they really did populate it with a lot of extras who were quantum inhabitants. So I think uh, was the surreal part was everybody was really spot on in working, making uh, the world real. Uh, it was really fascinating to see that I really appreciate the work they put into it. Uh, and this was from uh, an Empire Magazine uh, article. Alrighty, Modoc actor in Quantumania begged to keep a particular shot in the film. I don't know if I want to spoil this because there are still people going out to watch this movie. But at the end of the day, there's a particular shot that brings some laughs, and it's not just a face shot. <laughs> but there is a particular shot that this actor begged to keep in, and he won that battle. And it is in the show. It is in the movie that is. Yes. So. Yeah, and 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 did quite well, I guess. Yes. Um, Marvel VFX effects artists blame Black Panther two and greed for Ant Man three's poor visuals. I thought we had talked about this last week, but I think we brought it up after the after the show. Um, it says here that Vulture spoke to a number of anonymous artists who worked on the third Ant Man film, which has been criticized for poor visual effects. Um, I, I guess. Even worse, it seems workers were forced to endure terrible conditions to complete the film's CGI, uh, according to this article, allegedly pulling 80-hour weeks for months. Uh, the quote here is like, uh, this was like a second wave of what happened with James Cameron on Titanic, where the comp uh, compositors were basically taking naps under their desk because there wasn't enough time between shifts to go back home, then come back, one artist said. Now the entire right. industry um, that's been touched by Marvel is permanently seared, and that's what's causing the most burnouts. So if that has been the case, that's 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 terrible because you see a similar thing in video games as well. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot else to say about that. Next up, so Elizabeth Olsen teases the return of the Scarlet Witch to the MCU after the events of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, let's see here. Uh, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. So in a recent appearance at ComFest Con 2023, she talked about her potential return. Okay. Yeah. That's sure. it. <laughs> That's it. I'm not going into all of it. Yeah. A little tease, a little tease there, basically. Yeah. Um, hey, if you're in New York, apparently Charlie Cox is around there, um, and they're starting to shoot uh, Daredevil Born Again. Uh, according uh -oh. to Well, so according to a, a video shared on TikTok by some user I will not name, Cox can be seen in a blue bottle coffee outlet in New York City, confirming that the actor has arrived to begin production on Daredevil Born Again. 
Uh, it had been previously recorded that filming on this plus series uh, 18 episode first season would begin in February 2023 under the working title Out the Kitchen and the production company title Blind Faith, Blind Faith Productions LLC. Uh, production on the Marvel Studios project is currently expected to last until the year's end in December, according to this article. Next. Megan Mullally and her husband, Nick Offerman, are, are both joining the final season of The Umbrella Academy on Netflix. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I still, it's, it's still, I said this the thing last week. It was like, I keep forgetting that them two were married. <laughs> in real life. Yes, in real life. So it's kind of funny. Um, and I also, I know, I, I know people have talked about Umbrella Academy being a, a good, and I have not seen it. So I've watched it. It is good. I like it. Yeah. So I had to catch up on that uh, before I get rid of Netflix. Uh, Neil Gaiman's Dead Boy Detective series moves from HBO Max to Netflix because it didn't fit into James Gunn's plan, according to this article. So let's see. Da, 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 da. We knew about the the Dead Boy Detective series being in the works of HBO Max for almost a year, uh, but uh, according to Hollywood Reporter, producers Warner Brothers Televisions has shopped the drama after sources say the series didn't fit with the new chapter of content that DC executives James Gunn and Peter Seferin are building for the comic book powerhouse. That plan includes five interconnected shows that will leave that will live alongside Peacemaker on HBO Max. Also contributing to the show's move between platforms is the fact that the HBO Max would not have been able to make to market the show until 2024 with execs at the Streber blessing producers to take the show out elsewhere. So, there you go. That's another show that's kind of out there but still kind of kicking. Next. Shazam! Fury of the Gods has released a new clip from the film showcasing the introduction of actor Rachel Zegler's or Zegler, Ziegler, no, it's probably Zegler's, uh, villain Anthea. So this was shared on Instagram and uh, it shows Anthea as a new student at the same school that the, the Shazam family's kids, hero, kid heroes go to. And uh, hijinks ensue from that. Indeed. Next up, uh, Pink. Uh, Superman and Lois releases a loaded season three premise synopsis, uh, which was released by the CW. I will not go into it, but apparently the name of the, the title of the first episode is called Closer. Um, and it is, yeah, it takes place after some things that happened up to last season, I guess. So, oh, and it's directed by Tom Cavanaugh. So that's cool. Um, yeah. Next up. Despite the ever-expanding popularity of comic book characters carrying their own spin-offs, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles franchise has not yet tapped into it. Uh, so apparently, uh, filmmaker Jason Eisner took to Twitter to reveal a pitch trailer he created for a Casey Jones spin-off movie, one that would have brought in just one turtle, but had what would have been as greedy as the original TMNT stories. Okay. Sure. Because who wouldn't want that gritty Casey Jones reboot, right? Okay. <laughs> um, Star Trek Discovery, sadly, is to end with season five. Uh, Paramount Plus, plus, Paramount Plus 
uh, pushes the premiere to 2024. Um, I saw this today as of uh, the day we were recording. Uh, I saw the letter going out from uh, one of the showrunners about this. I'm like, huh, that's sad. This is like the second show not to make seven seasons. Well, second, maybe third show not to make second season, seven seasons. Uh, which is kind of sad. Because um, I hear good things about this show and it, it seemed primed to kind of at least make the seven. So... But it did better than um, uh, Enterprise did, getting past three. <laughs> or was it two? Two or three. One of the two. But uh, it says here that filming is almost complete on season five. Um, uh, Paramount is planning to send the show off in style with events planned in certain key markets throughout the year leading up to the final season's release. Uh, further details will be released in a, uh, at a later date. And then there's a quote here from... Uh, Series star and producer Sneakers Martin Green uh, saying, I can hardly believe that this mind-blowing journey with Star Trek Discovery is ending. I'm astoundingly blessed by God to have played uh, Captain Michael Burnham and to have taken part in the legacy alongside an extraordinary cast, phenomenal crew, and remarkable writing team. It goes off from there, but I won't uh, uh, say all of it, but uh, it is in the show notes if you are uh, inclined to want to check out what she said. And uh, the, the 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 letter, I don't know if it's attached to this, is out there on the social medias. Next up. We're going into Anime Corner. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that was, of course, from Attack on Titan, which... Uh, has its premiere of the second half of the final season tomorrow. Tomorrow. It'll start our day tomorrow from Japan. So uh, Demon Slayer, though, announced the release date for season three's Swordsmith Village arc. As per Crunchyroll, the series will adapt the highly anticipated storyline from Demon Slayer from the Demon Slayer manga as a special one hour premiere episode. On Sunday, April 9th at uh, 11.15 Japanese Standard Time. That's p.m. So uh, a brand new trailer was released and it teased fans with snippets of beautifully animated action sequences from Tanjiro, Kamado, and the gang. Uh, The trailer also previewed the new opening theme song, Kizuna no Kiseki by Man with a Mission and Malay. A UFO table, the animation studio behind the anime adaptation of Demon Slayer, released the first key visual for the Swordsman of the Village arc. And Haruo Sotozaki continues to serve as series director. So, yeah, I'm going to be watching this Saturday evening in the theater, in a movie theater. Yes, I was so going to say, which I we've talked about before. So. Say again? No, I was about to say, which we've talked about before, the, 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 the airing of the, um, the last two from last season and this one-hour special. Uh, people are going to get screened on March the 2nd, which, you, like you just said, you're going to. So next week right. we'll get so get a Agent Seventies impressions of that. Right. I will, what I was going to add is I'm not going to spoil too much because right. I am very much looking forward to this. Yeah, yeah, I am too, but I don't think I'm going to the showing, so I'll just probably have to. All right, it's going to be a month away. It's not that big, you know. Like it's not that big a wait. Yeah, I know, but still. Um, then we're going to cut over into the manga corner because we didn't really actually. I thought I had something on uh. A, the Attack on Titan uh, premiere, but I guess not. So, 
But on the manga corner, we got some manga pickets for May 2023, apparently, uh, looking slightly into the future. Uh, I won't read off all of these, uh, but um, yeah, there is, uh, well, actually it's not that much. It's um, Centaurs Volume 1 and Dark Gathering Volume 1, both from, well, one from Viz and the other from Ablaze, and then there's Word Bubble Up like a soda pop, because, you know. Uh, manga loves their their catchy <laughs> titlings, uh, but you can check the article of, uh, in the show notes about if you're interested in finding out what those are about. Next up, all right, Dark Horse and Tapas uh, Food announced deal to print digital comics to print. So Dark Horse will bring four Tapas titles to print beginning later this year. All of a sudden, I'm hungry. Um, <laughs> I am too, actually. Publisher is adding a different digital comics platform to the print catalog. As today, as Dark Horse announced a deal with Tapas Entertainment to bring series from the popular web comics platform to print. Starting with four titles later this year, the initial lineup of releases includes Animal Heads, Signals, The Flying Ship, and Tomahawk Angel. So these uh, series will come to print beginning in October 2023. Okay, that's cool. You can uh, check out this article for details on these titles. Animal heads. Whoa. So, yeah, Tapas is, if, you, if it wasn't clear, Tapas is like uh, Webtoons. So Okay. Yeah. Uh, I believe that is where uh, solo leveling, uh, the, the soon-to-be um, uh, adapted uh, manga, is, uh, is, um, is uh, playing out. So... Cool. Which, that's, which that, that series continues to be good, by the way. Um, but Dark Horse presents Assassin's Apprentice uh, Volume 1, Number 1 in October. So the first installment in Robin Hobb's Farsi trilogy, Assassin's Apprentice Volume 1, um, is, going to be, is going to feature writing by Robin Hobb and Jody Hauser. Interior art by Ryan Kelly, colors by Jordi Belair, and letters by Hassan Atmane Elal, uh, with cover art by Anna Steinbauer. Uh, the hardcore volume collects issues one of six, one through six of the Assassin's Apprentice comic series, and will feature the covers from each issue as well as a sketchbook section. Uh, I'm not too familiar with what this is, but if you are, you can check that out in the article. Uh, in the show notes. Next up. All right. So we have here a preview of Barbarella, the center cannot hold from Dynamite Entertainment. So hit up this uh, quick preview to see what is in store for the character of Barbarella in Dynamite, in the pages of Dynamite Entertainment's number one issue. Uh, it's actually just released this week. Mm-hmm. I was just about to say that. Um, I saw this book out there. I was like, eh, I don't know if I'm interested. Marvel announces AAPI Heritage Month celebration plans with variant covers and backup stories. Uh, as they did with this month's, uh, with last month's Black History Month, Marvel revealed the details for their plans for Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander Heritage Month by spotlighting some of its most prominent AAPI superheroes as well as acclaimed Asian and AAPI talent from throughout the comics industry in new stories and variant covers uh this year's marvel aapi marvel aapi heritage month variant covers were crafted by best-selling cover artist in Hugh lee 
uh, and depicts some of Marvel's brightest new stars, including Iron Fist, uh, Taguki, and Sister Dagger, as well as longtime fan favorite uh, Sister Grimm, N- uh, Nico Minoru of Runaways fame. I saw his Iron Fist one. I was one. I thought that was a. Um, I thought that was just like a. Uh, well, it was, it was definitely a very. I didn't know it was supposed to be like uh, the new Iron Fist. I thought it was a play off the old one. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, if you're watching the video, actually, I saw her, his Nico one also. Um, you can see me scrolling through. Uh, is uh, the 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 covers there? I like his work. His his, his his some nice stuff. But you can check him out in an article. Next up, alrighty. Venom faces a foe, a quote foe he never imagined possible in Lethal Protector Two. So Venom co-creator David McAlhenny discusses returning to Eddie Brock as he reaches new heights of popularity. Uh, so along with artist Farid Karami and colorist Arif Prianto, um, they are bringing, uh, this lethal protector series to life and, uh, you know, this is a newsorama, uh, interview that Michelini has and, uh, you know, it's a interesting read if you uh, give it the time. Yeah. And apparently, if if that one image is to believe, he's going up against Doctor Doom. So go figure. <laughs> Fantastic Four number seventy seven hundred. Excuse me. Cover features seven hundred Marvel characters. Uh, the two piece wraparound connecting cover will adorn May May's Fantastic Four number seven slash seven hundred and June's uh, Fantastic Four number eight. The variant, which has uh, revealed its first half below. Uh, in this article, spans more than 60 years of Fantastic Four comics with friends and foes alike, including en- enemies Mole Man, the Super Scroll, Blastar, Overmind, Annihilus, Ronan the Accuser, the Frightful Four, and Galactus. So that's pretty cool. We I feel like we had a... Un- unlike that G.I. Joe 300, we, I think we can... It's safe to say we know a little bit more of the characters <laughs> on this on this cover. Although there are some that I don't, I'm not familiar with, uh, uh, admittedly. Um, but uh, but it's a good cover. If you're watching the video version, you can see uh, the 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 full cover uh, right there. So cool. Next up. Uh, Marvel and Essential Sequential launch Marvel Signature Program to sell prints and more of Marvel Comics art. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, oh, okay, that's a that's an interesting thing. It says there's some, you know, Terry Dotson, Stell Freeze, Jim Bartel stuff. Uh, and apparently it's um stuff that'll be online and, and at conventions. So if you, uh, looks like the items are ranged uh, between 30 and 89 bucks. Maybe prints, posters, and lithographs and, and whatnot. So that's cool. And it also lists the, the stuff that's starting off, but I won't go into that. Um, the Wolf Among Us 2 is being pushed back to 2024. Uh, according to this article, the new Telltale is a, a, trying to avoid burnout. You know, if they had... You know what? I'm not going to go into that. But, you know, things happen in video games. So games get pushed back all the time. Um, so... Um, burnout was indeed one factor of the old uh, Telltale, but that wasn't the only thing. So I guess good on them for trying. 
Next up. One moment. Mm-hmm. All right. So Hasbro has revealed Marvel Legends Wave in honor of the new Ant-Man film. So this is slightly old news, but um, we are on a roll with the Marvel Legends announcements uh, from this past month and now the current March. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we've got the, uh, uh, of course, an Ant-Man, Wasp, and a Kang the Conqueror from the movie, as well as a Black Ant. An egghead, a new updated Ultron, and a crossfire of all characters. So, you know what? We've got obscure in some waves, and we're about to get a little crazy with some more Marvel Legends announcements in a bit. And that uh, that last name that uh, Agent Seventy mentioned will go good with an upcoming announcement that we're about to get to in the the article after next. <laughs> Um, which, let's see, Marvel Classics, uh, excuse me, Hasbro reveals classic Luke Cage figure. Uh, this is in the, um, the, the glut of, uh, news we got. If you're watching the video version, you can see the, um, the, the figure here, which I could just want, didn't they have, I guess this is the, the more articulate one, because I thought they had a classic Luke Cage already, or did they not? Yeah, but not in the, not in, whatchamacallit, not the in the, the current Hasbro. Right. They had one back in the Toy Biz days, so this is the first crack at uh, Tiara wearing Luke Cage. Gotcha. Next up, uh, and good thing that Agent 70 got this one. Right, so I did not have a chance to watch the live stream on this. Did not, and uh, you know, uh, went to bed a little too quickly last night to catch up on this. I'm glad that Roddy Cat pulled. Uh, an article that highlighted every single new release. So we're going to go through this quickly, but distinctly and, you know, with some detail. So thankfully there are some photos here to show us some of the things that are coming. So that first photo shows us a destroyer, a super adaptoid kind of mega figure, a Hawkeye on a sky cycle and a black widow, but we'll get into that shortly. First up is, uh, the Bruce Banner and Hulk two-pack. So this is uh, in honor of the first appearance of the Hulk. So you have the Gray Hulk with the orange uh, shirt, and you have a Bruce Banner. So that is meant to uh, recreate the cover of um, the Hulk's first appearance. Next up is kind of disappointing. <laughs> Let me not say it's disappointing to me. Yes. It's great that we get a Marvel Legends Destroyer. That's awesome. We get a bearded Thor, which is awesome. Well, why couldn't we get the full-on armored Thor that Simonson designed? That would have been epic. I would have automatically bought this wave, you know, this two-pack. That would have been money out of my pocket as we type and speak. If that had been armored Thor and Destroyer. It's too bad. I mean, it's cool that you get a, a bearded Thor. Don't get me wrong. That's actually a really cool uh, uh, thing. But come on. You're killing me with this. Next up is Hawkeye on his Sky Cycle. That's amazing looking. It is. I but I can't, if, oh, go ahead. I was about to say, is, isn't it usually a little bit more silver than this? I, I, I feel like every amount of time I've seen it is usually like a, a, like a almost silver service type silver and not this kind of pewterish looking. I mean, I think there have been a couple of designs. True. So, you know, ultimately, I think that's just artistic, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, 
artistic preference, artistic uh, oh, what's the term? It's like license? escaping me right now. License? Artistic license. Thank you. Mm-hmm. It's artistic license by the yeah. designer. So, but yeah, like you're about to say yeah. I, I'm kind of jazzed for this because, like I said, that cro- the crossfire figure and this is is, would, is probably going to be a couple of kids. Sure. Next up is one of my gets, probably, and that is Monica yes. Rambeau in her OG Captain Marvel uniform, paired up with a Doctor Doom as they both appeared in Marvel Superhero Secret Wars. Absolutely that's a get. Cool. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm probably going to get that. Wow, I did not know that they announced this. I did. Leather yeah. jacket. That's why I brought it up night. earlier. <laughs> leather jacket, Black Knight, and leather jacket, Cersei. Wow. <laughs> I got to tell Matt Wang that these are coming out. Holy uh, cow. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. They actually went there. They did. That's why, I was, up, that's why I was saying, I was like, yeah, they're probably going to get to the, the Black Widow <laughs> at some point because of this. That's funny. <laughs> Excuse me, folks. I got to wet the old whistle. Next up is uh, an extraordinarily poseable Black Widow that is in like Black Widow's classic black uniform. She's got shorter hair, but they might put in a longer hair uh, uh, variant head in the package. We will see. They have reissued Bucky Cap, Bucky Barnes as Captain America on a new buck or action figure mold. And, uh, you know, he's now meant to be a little bit more, uh, 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 his proportions will be a lot more in line with the current, uh, the current sizes of Marvel Legends figures. The original Bucky Cap was a little on the shorter and smaller side. So now he will be a little bit more proportional or in proportion with the other Marvel Legends figures. Next up is a Queen Varenki and Super Scroll Secret Invasion 2-pack, which uh, you know evokes the, uh, uh, Queen Varenki's look when she took over as uh, – where, where it was revealed that she had been impersonating uh, Jessica Drew, Spider-Woman, for a long time. Of course, uh, as I spoke about earlier, there is an image of the super adaptoid. And uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, you know, we'll get more information on that. Uh, you know, the kind of supersized figure uh, as, th- as time goes on. There's also a Spider-Man wave coming. And so we don't need to buy this one. It is Spider-Man Ben Riley. Don't need that. We also do not need Chasm. But that's pulled right out of... Uh, uh, that web. awful, yeah, demon. Well, what was it called? Dark web uh, story. Mm-hmm. Now I'm well, on the fence. Actually, technically, but... he 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 started before that, but yes, right, right, right. Just before the dark web, right. Just before the dark web. Now I'm a little torn on this. I don't think I'm going to buy it, but you know what? They turned around the 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 uh, the fashion, the, the 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 high fashion Miles Morales Marvel Legends pretty quick. We knew, they we, knew they go- we knew they were going to. Yeah. Yeah, because they needed a variant, you know, because mm-hmm. now he's gone back to his old thread. So ultimately, you know, the old Miles is the old action figures are still going to be around. Mm-hmm. We get a Rose action figure. That's actually kind of cool. You know, help fill in some more of the Spider-Man uh, rogues gallery. Mm hmm. We get a Jessica Drew Spider-Woman costume that did not last long, but it's still really cool. 
Yep. Uh, we get, uh, again, something relatively recent, which is Electra, Electra running around as Daredevil. I mean, it's not super recent, but it's something that she has been doing for the last several years. So it's about time that Marvel Legends caught up. Oh, and we get a tarantula. Look at that guy. Look at that guy. All right. That's pretty cool. Oh, there's more. There's a symbiote Spider-Man and mm-hmm. Carnage 2-pack. Mm-hmm. Oh, my and? goodness. The animated Aunt May and Doc Ock 2-pack. Oh, my goodness. Look at this, folks. So, if you look at this, well, the Carnage and uh, uh, Spidey were both symbiote, right? This is the cartoon Aunt May, which is the older version of Aunt May, not young, hot Aunt May. Specifically, and, yeah, 90s era. Right. Specifically the 90s animated Aunt May. And Doc Ock with bendy arms. And that's a big deal because a lot of people have been asking for bendy arm Doc Ock, which means a classic-looking comic book Doc Ock with bendy arms is probably not far away. Uh, and that is it. So, uh, you can find this stuff on your toy, um, you know, where you get your toy distribution from or Hasbro pulse, go to Hasbro pulse, um, you know, see if they're not sold out already, but Hey, there's a lot of cool things here. I'm going to have to make some room in my toy shell on my toy shelf for some of these. I do wish though that, uh, armored Simonson Thor was part of it. Yeah. It looks like, uh, those specifically those last two, uh, the, uh, two packs are exclusive to Hasbro Pulse. They're they are, they're called the uh, the VHS uh, two pack or something right. like that. I can't remember what it is, but um, uh, yeah, that's 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 kind of cool. I don't know if I'd pick any of those up from that set, but from the earlier set that we talked about, definitely some gifts, a couple of gifts. Right, 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 right. So, last but not least, first look at. Uh, new biker mice from Mars action figures. If you are of a certain vintage, you will recognize that name. Uh, if you are not, then go go at your parents, I guess. So, uh, well, I guess they did have a cartoon in the nineties, according to this thing. I forgot about that. But according to the Nacelle company, oh wait, the same Nacelle that did uh, the toys that made it, yes, yes, uh, the classic nineties uh, cartoon series of biker, biker mice from Mars is about to make a big comeback. Thanks to said company, the studio behind the hit Netflix shows like the toys that made us and the movies that made us great stuff. If you, uh, if you haven't checked them out, uh, they picked up the property rights for the biker mice from Mars and they're adapting a n- developing a new line of action figures and apparently, uh, a new animated series. Um, the new toy line is the first, uh, that they will release. And uh, there is a first look of these action figures. Um, so yeah, and then there's a statement from Brian, uh, Brian Falk Weiss, uh, the head of the sale, um, about these figures it says biker mice is the perfect way to start off 2023. So, uh, Mars, wait, biker mice is the perfect way to start 2023 off with a Mars based bang. To get that quote right, I guess. Again, you have to be of a certain vintage to even know that property, and and I know Nacelle is th- those folks are, but <laughs> outside of that, what do we know the market they're going for? Mm-hmm. That those folks, such as us. Uh, but hey, that's kind of cool. I don't know if there's any pricing on this. 
No, but apparently Toy Collector magazine has a cover that is in this article also. Uh, but yeah, no no information on pricing or anything. But but if you are interested and or William Bruce West, you can check this out. Ah. <laughs> uh, shout out to William Bruce West. And that is it for the news. Uh, let us get one last ad read. Our last ad read of the night is for Blue Apron's meal delivery service. Blue Apron, fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door. Skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with Blue Apron. Always shipped free right to your home. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. To place your first order with $30 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through cspn.us. Do it today. Hmm. All right, folks, that is it for this here uh, staggered show. Hopefully I can piece this together and figure out what happened uh, again. I, I blame Chrome. That's all I'm going to say. Because that's the only other thing that's been different lately. <laughs> and that happened earlier. Uh, with that, there's a Skype update out there, so you never know. Well, yeah, there is that. Uh, that, I, that happened before. Uh, I, I d- took that before, so that yeah, I guess that could have done it. Um, I did that before coming onto the to the mm. call. I noticed that I still need to update mine, so that's why I mentioned it. Anyway, yeah. moving on. But um, that said, folks, thank you each and every one of you all for coming out. Hopefully, we will not have this issue again anytime soon. Um, we will be back next week with more Star Trek Picard, more Mandalorian, more Bad Batch. It's going to be a great fall month, uh, and in a couple of weeks we will have uh, uh, John Wick four. For oh, March is insane when it comes to content. Folks. It's going to be great, folks, and we will be here for, and we hope you will be as well as we go into this eleven slash twelfth year of the Comic Book Chronicles. Uh, we thank each and every one of you all for coming out. I have been Ryder Katz. You can find me at Ryder Cat on Twitter. You can find me at News News Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, PC underscore Dirt on Twitter. PopCultureNet on Twitter. PopCultureNetwork.com is on the broad sites they're in. And Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8, the Osiris of this ish. You can find him at that. Uh, you can't find him at the Osiris of this ish, although you should be able to. I'll have to bring that up to him. But you can also yeah. find Tim at uh, CB Cron, which is a Combo Chronicles uh, um, uh, Twitter account. You can also find him at uh, The Click Nation on Twitter. That's T H E K L I Q N A T I O N, all one word, theclicknation.com. And of course, comicbook.com, at, um, uh, where he's over there writing his face off under Timothy Adams. <laughs> Gotta, gotta go check his stuff out. He's just doing some good stuff. We're not just saying that because we, we know the dude. Uh, you can find this here podcast on the Coastal of the Podcast Network. That's ESPN.us. Do it today. You could find also find this podcast on your podcast personal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your Coastal of the Podcast Network SoundCloud page. Make sure to hit like and subscribe and leave us all great, positive, wondrous five-star reviews. 
You can probably find this under other pod aggregators out there too, in certain places. I that a part I know, but those are the ones we know of for certain. Um, you can also find us recording every mostly times every Thursday night, nine thirty ish p.m. Eastern Standard Time, on uh, the YouTube channel of the Click Nation. That YouTube. Uh, that's youtube.com slash theclicknation and twitch.tv slash comic book chronicles. Again, hit like, subscribe, and hit the notification button so you know when we are on and recording no matter what. Indeed. And uh, I will try to piece this joint together so that it could be out on YouTube. I can't really do too much about the Twitch thing. This is going to be what it is. But luckily, I think that's kind of stayed together. So. Uh, tis what it is. With that, folks, uh, this has been the Comic Book Chronicles. Peace and Dela. Peace. One shout out to Dela. Almost over, y'all. Jigga. I really stand. Uh, uh, uh. Lights out. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your